Hi, everybody. Drake Hill here. Years ago, after I embraced my natural, I wanted to publish a collection of sisters' natural hair essays. I wasn't able to back then, but today's guest did. Her book is a beautiful and touching love letter to her little sister who struggles to love her crown. If you are enjoying this program, leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Hair How I Grew It starts right now. When dad called to tell me you were ashamed of your afro, I became furious at the world for making you feel this way. Some people say that change must be gradual that black girls with natural hair must be patient as the media slowly but surely begins giving us a hint of representation here and there. But I don't believe in gradual change. So I took matters into my own hands because you matter and you deserve to know today that your natural crown is beautiful. So I want to lead by example. I want to teach you how to love yourself by loving myself by introducing you to other Black women who love themselves. As Black women, we have to stop waiting for the world to love us, and we have to start loving ourselves unconditionally. Chloe, I want you to know that I love you unconditionally. But more importantly, I want you to love yourself unconditionally. Your sister, St. Clair. Welcome to Hair, How I Grew It. I'm host and producer Drake Hill Burns. I started this podcast because black hair matters. On today's show, I interview St. Clair Dietrich Jules. She's a photojournalist in Washington, D.C., her hometown. St. Clair's love letter to her younger sister, Chloe, is called My Beautiful Black Hair, 101 Natural Hair Stories from the Sisterhood. More on that later in the show. First, let's dissect St. Clair's hair journey. So your mother is white, your father is black. Are they both from the States? No, my mom is from the States, but my dad is from St. Bart's, which is a little island in the Caribbean. So we are Afro-Caribbean on my dad's side. I was born in D.C. and then actually there were two years when I was sort of from the ages of two weeks old to two years old that we lived in the Caribbean and then we moved back to the States. So ever since I was two, I've, I've grown up in and lived and worked in the States. St. Clair's parents raised her in a black D.C. neighborhood. She describes her hair texture as soft and thin with a loose curl pattern. Mom had straight hair, so managing St. Clair's was no picnic. I think she was really patient with me and, and, you know, also being an only child kind of meant that I got all of her attention. And so she really tried her best to accommodate me. And she still talks about how when I was really little, she would have to wait until I fell asleep to brush my hair because if she came close to me with the brush while I was awake, I would just start screaming, you know, cause, cause I was so tender headed. I didn't want anybody in my hair, but I think she definitely always, um, remained 
positive about it and was constantly like reinforcing this idea that curly hair is beautiful. That meant no hot combs or chemicals. Mom kept it natural. When I was in kindergarten, my kindergarten school was majority black and brown and so I, I didn't have any issues with my hair there, and I liked it when my mom would braid my hair or put bantam knots or other sort of more Afrocentric hairstyles. But then when I got to first grade, I started going to this majority white elementary school, and that's when I really lost all my confidence and started telling my mom that I didn't like my hair, that I didn't like my skin color, I didn't like my facial features, and I just wanted to look like all my little white classmates. And so when I got to first grade and started at that new school, that's when my mom started having to remind me that I'm beautiful the way that I am. She would always tell me, I wish that I had your hair. Your hair is so beautiful. There are so many people who would love to have hair like yours. You know, people always want what they can't have. Those are the sorts of things that I remember, I think, you know, that she would tell me when I was, when I was smaller. You're listening to Hair, How I Grew It. I'm host and producer Drake Hill Burns. Today, I'm talking to St. Clair Dietrich Jules. She's a photojournalist in Washington, D.C. More hair talk in a bit. First, here's an excerpt from my book, Cleveland's Crown Angels. It's a supernatural adventure rooted in my natural hair journey. Lover, she'd call me in my military quarters. I often sneaked her in after hours. Normally, the nickname rolled off her tongue in a sultry and playful tone after sex. But this time it was harsh and mocking, causing me to wake out of my orgasmic haze. When I opened my eyes, I saw her standing over my naked body, wearing a white nightgown that hugged her voluptuous curves and porcelain skin. Recognize these, lover, she hissed, referring to the chocolate locks bunched in her hand. They're yours. Stop playing games and come back to bed. I yawned and turned over, but my hair didn't turn with me. I jumped up and realized the weight I'd carried from my head down to my ankles was gone. My locks were now shoulder length. What have you done? I asked her, half crazed. Not I, Samson. He told me the secret to his super strength. And since the two of you are like brothers, I guessed it was yours too. He'd never shared that with anyone. Maybe not just anyone, but definitely with the woman he loves. You and Samson? I could barely speak. I threw on a loincloth and got ready to run out of the room when Delilah's words stopped me. Cleveland's Crown Angels is available as an ebook on Amazon. When St. Clair was in fourth grade, she started doing her own hair, and the tips she got helped. Um, One of my aunts with hair that's sort of similar to mine, and she's the one who told me, oh, yeah, you should, you know, brush your hair, condition your hair and brush your hair when it's wet, because for our, you know, hair texture, that's, that's what works. And I remember that was really sort of, that was a game changer for me, because that was something that I, I just didn't know I hadn't been told before. 
The aunt was her mom's sister. Another helper, St. Clair's best friend. Her hair was a bit straighter. It was kind of wavy. But her mom was half Chilean and her mom had hair, curly hair, just like mine. And so I would watch her mom, her and her mom, you know, do their hair. And I, you know, I sort of wanted to do something similar with mine. I remember her mom who had curly hair, she often would put just like a lot of gel in her hair. And so I went through a phase where I put a lot of gel in my hair. They were actually the ones who introduced me to the flat iron. I remember one day the mom uh, said, okay, I'm going to flat iron, you know, my daughter's hair. And that was my first time seeing a flat iron. And it's really sad thinking about it. But that moment for me felt so magical because in my mind, I was like, wow, there's a way that I can make my hair straight. And there's a way that I can be beautiful, right, through this flat iron and I think that was around fifth grade and before then I I didn't know what a flat iron was my mom obviously wasn't gonna tell me because she you know wouldn't want me to use one and she never liked when I flat ironed my hair but of course I I did it anyways because I thought that's what I had to do to be beautiful and I didn't do it all the time but I definitely did it for special events so graduation picture day a lot of school dances that kind of thing Even though mom didn't like it, she did support her daughter. I would say I never really got the hang of flat ironing my whole hair by myself. So I, most of the time, I did need some of her help. Okay, so question two then, the burns. Did you burn yourself ever because flat irons are hot? So, or for the most part, <laughs> you guys were pretty good in not injuring yourself. Uh, there were definitely some times when I hurt myself, especially my ears, and I'm pretty sensitive. So, yeah, I definitely did hurt myself a few times with the heat. Dad, who worked at food co-ops when the family lived together in D.C., was the only black family member St. Clair had in the States. What did he have to say about her hair trials and tribulations? He let my mom handle it. I mean, he did have dreadlocks until I was maybe 10 years old. And so I think that's cool, just offering that representation of, you know, an Afrocentric hairstyle. But yeah, no, he he wasn't really in the conversation at all. Okay, so not in the conversation, but what did you think of seeing that hair when you came home? But in school, you're seeing these white kids with straight hair? Or did you even think about it? Yeah, I mean, just just in general with, with my dad being Black, it's, it's sort of hard to think about, and it's really sad. And I love my dad, and I don't, you know, I would never wish for another dad, but I just, I remember wishing that I had a white dad, um, just because that's what all my friends had, and I just felt so different and so out of place all the time. Um, but I, but even so, actually, even even though I did sort of have those those moments, I 
really did love my dad's dreadlocks and I felt like they were a part of him. And so I remember when he cut them off when I was maybe 10 years old because he thought he was getting a bald spot. So he just shaved his head. And I was really upset about that because I saw his locks as sort of a piece of, you know, an integral part of who he was. I don't have children, but hearing the pain in St. Clair's voice when she talked about wanting another father brought out maternal instincts I didn't know I had. Don't feel bad. You were a child. And at the end of the day, everybody wants to fit in. So it's completely understandable. And I'm even sure when if your dad listens to this podcast, I can't imagine he's not going to be like, oh, my God. I mean, no, that's human nature. So don't ever feel bad about that. OK. Thank you. Thank you. And more importantly, you did get to the other side. Correct. Which we're going to get to. Yes. So, yeah, don't ever carry that around with you. It's all a part of growing up. OK. OK. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. You're listening to Hair, How I Grew It. I'm host and producer Drake Hill Burns. Back to St. Clair Dietrich Jules after a short break. St. Clair's white mother understood the weight of raising a black child in a culture that promotes whiteness. It was painful for mom to see her only child struggle with self-love and identity. She didn't tell me this at the time, but as she puts it, she wanted me to go to a school with real, quote unquote, real D.C. people. So she wanted me to um, go to a school where there were black and brown people, which you know, now as an adult, I'm really grateful that she did that. So mom enrolled St. Clair in a predominantly black and brown public charter school. She's very progressive. And I sort of had an issue with that when I was in high school, because I was just so focused on my grades. And I, you know, was, I guess I was kind of a goody two shoes. I didn't want to interrupt the status quo or anything. And at the time, my mom just seemed to be saying things that were really radical. But now I'm really, really grateful because she she does know so much. And really, I think it's sort of like the blueprint of what any non-Black parent should be doing if they're raising a Black kid. And that blueprint being what? I think, for one, understanding the history and the culture of of black people I think that's really important um, I think that sometimes you know non-black people will have black kids and they don't understand the, the specific struggles that black people go through but I mean my mom has just studied so much about so many different issues you know from mass incarceration redlining history of policing I mean you name it black hair everything she's she's studied talk to some of my other friends who are biracial and sometimes their white mothers have done or said things not ill-intentioned but the the outcome was that they made their kids feel bad you know there was one woman who I talked to who said that her mom would make comments about her hair like oh how am I going to do your hair or this is so unmanageable that kind of thing and so you know again it's not like anybody is malicious but I'm just really grateful that my mom um, sort of understood the importance of 
always associating my blackness with joy and with beauty as opposed to something that just has to be dealt with. Mom, a D.C. native, sounds cool, right? She used to teach at Howard University, and today she teaches English literature and writing at the University of the District of Columbia, another HBCU. She incorporates the history of racism into her curriculum. How did mom get so enlightened? A childhood experience changed her perspective. moment where she and her brothers you know one of her brothers I guess was driving kind of crazy her older brother was and they you know this other car pulled them over and it was a white man and a black man who got out of the car and my mom said you know as a kid her first thought was oh my gosh the black guy is really gonna you know he's really gonna harm us and actually it turned out that the white man was the one who you know came towards them and was being really aggressive and the black man was the one who said, no, 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 just let these kids go. They're fine. They're fine. And so that, that my mom described as one of the pivotal moments of, you know, realizing, okay, the things that I've been taught in my childhood about blackness and black people are wrong. At St. Clair's new black and brown school, relaxed hair and protective styles like braids with extensions were the norm. She continued to flat iron her hair for special occasions. St. Clair never considered getting a relaxer because mom wouldn't have allowed it. And also because St. Clair's hair is thin and fragile and she thought chemicals would have damaged it. In 2013, St. Clair enrolled at Brown University. The Ivy League school's African-American population was less than 10 percent. I think, you know, the black students got really close. And, you know, when you're in when you're in a space that's that's mostly white, you do sort of have to fight a little bit more to be seen, to be heard, to, you know, I guess, make yourself known. And you, you sort of have to empower yourself in these white spaces. And many sisters did that by embracing their real crowns. Some were doing big chops. Others were gradually having their chemically relaxed ends cut off. The second wave of the natural hair movement had made it to brown and St. Clair paid attention. That was really the first time that I started seeing my hair as beautiful as well was when I when I got to college and when I had all of a sudden all these examples of other black women who were really loving their hair. And experiences overseas made St. Clair appreciate her crown even more. My junior year I studied abroad in Ecuador and we spent a couple weeks in the Ecuadorian Amazon and that just sort of reinforced this idea for me that it's, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it sounds a little, I don't know if it, if it makes sense to say it this way, but our hair is very beautiful. And on the other hand, it's also kind of just hair. And so being in the, in the Amazon with, you know, these indigenous communities where looks aren't really prioritized, right? People aren't judged based on their looks, that kind of thing. I think that just reinforced the idea that, oh, whatever hair I have is, is beautiful. It doesn't matter. Right. And so that means that my curly hair grows out of my head the way that it the way that it should, the way that it's meant to be. 
St. Clair's flat ironing became less and less. Then before graduation, she officially let it go. It was my wedding day in, um, I was a senior and it was, it was just a really small wedding, but I didn't straighten my hair for the, for the event. And a few years prior, you know, I absolutely would have straightened my hair for an event that big, but for the first time, I just, I let it out curly. See her beautiful wedding look on the Hair How I Grew It Instagram page at Keep It Nat. St. Clair graduated with a degree in French and Francophone studies. Francophone is, is um, you know, French speaking, the French speaking world. So a lot of African countries that were colonized by France, parts of the Caribbean, like my dad's island, for example, St. Bart's, um, part of Canada. Is Francophone. St. Clair studied French so she could connect better with her dad's side of the family. Her parents separated when she was in elementary school, and by the time she left Brown, they had already divorced, and dad was living with his new wife and their three small children in France. One of those kids, who was St. Clair's half-sibling, inspired her to write My Beautiful Black Hair, 101 Natural Hair Stories from the Sisterhood. Take me through to how the book started. So when I was actually finishing my last semester of college, I got a phone call from my dad in France saying that my little sister Chloe, who was four years old at the time, was being bullied at school because of her afro. So obviously, as is the case for, I think, most Black families, my siblings and I all have different hair textures. And my sister Chloe has definitely the tightest curl pattern. She has a beautiful full afro. And her classmates, her her white classmates at school were bullying her for it. And they told her that her hair was ugly and they were making racist remarks about it. And so she came home from school crying and she didn't want to go back to school because she was so ashamed of, of her curls, of her afro. And that obviously made me really mad and, and sad, both at her classmates and also just at mainstream media in general for the way that natural black hair is portrayed, especially tighter curl patterns. And so I was really upset and wanted to find a way to counteract this, especially with my sister, you know, living in France. So we live in different countries. We don't have the same first language, but I really wanted to be able to communicate with her that her hair is beautiful, even if she doesn't see other people with her hair texture at her school or in her neighborhood or even in, you know, the city where she lives, really, because it's not a it's not a diverse place where they are. The book starts with St. Clair's love letter to Chloe. Here's St. Clair reading part of it. When dad called to tell me you were ashamed of your afro, I became furious at the world for making you feel this way. Some people say that change must be gradual, that black girls with natural hair must be patient the media slowly but surely begins giving us a hint of representation here and there. But I don't believe in gradual change. So I took matters into my own hands. 
because you matter and you deserve to know today that your natural crown is beautiful. So I want to lead by example. I want to teach you how to love yourself by loving myself, by introducing you to other black women who love themselves. As black women, we have to stop waiting for the world to love us and we have to start loving ourselves unconditionally. Chloe, I want you to know that I love you unconditionally, but more importantly, I want you to love yourself unconditionally. Your sister, St. Clair. My beautiful black hair includes other encouraging letters to Chloe from black women who proudly sport their naturals. The book took St. Clair four years to complete. In addition to the letters, it's filled with 101 empowering natural hair essays. Each essay is paired with a stunning photo or photos of the sister who wrote it, rocking her natural. While St. Clair worked on my beautiful black hair, she tried to encourage and comfort Chloe. I, um, you know, would show her some of the pictures that I was taking of these women. And I also filmed a lot of my interviews and I made a couple little videos of these women talking to my sister and I, and I sent those over to her. And, you know, it was little things. There was, it was just really sweet. There was this one mother and daughter who I photographed for my book and they, they just really wanted to help my sister. They don't even know Chloe, but they really wanted to help her. And so they made this whole little care package with, you know, little, um, like gold beads and gold Eiffel Tower, you know, because my sister lives in France. So all of these little cool hair jewelry pieces and they, you know, sent it over to my sister Chloe. So just things like that, you know, really helped her feel loved. There was another woman who I photographed for my book and she did this huge portrait of Chloe, you know, with a beautiful afro and this nice pink background. And yeah, so definitely I was trying to plant seeds over the years before the book was published to, to show her, you know, your hair is beautiful. And here, you know, here's what I'm trying to do to, to show that to you and also to show you that you have a community of Black women, you know, abroad who are supporting you. My beautiful Black hair hasn't been translated into French yet. And since Chloe doesn't speak English, St. Clair had it translated into French for her. Last summer, last July, so about a year ago, I um, got to see my sister again and I gave her an advanced copy of the book because it wasn't released until um, a couple months after that. I gave her an advanced copy and she was really excited about it and she was flipping through all the pages and every single page, you know, every single page is a different woman and she would say, oh, she's so beautiful in French, you know, she would say, oh, she's so beautiful. And that was really cool because I knew that she saw her own beauty reflected in, in these women. And there were some women who I photographed, you know, with hair similar to my sister's and, and Chloe said, oh, I want to, I want to do this hairstyle, you know, or I want to try this, or I want to, I want to, you know, can I do this with my hair too? And so I just really loved seeing her excited about her hair, you know, having her hair be a point of joy as opposed to a point of tension or self-hate. I 
know the book is helping, but do you think this is going to be like an ongoing thing for you? Because she is nine, you know, like I can't imagine this book has changed her overnight or has it, you know what I mean? Like this is something ongoing that you're going to have to continue to reinforce. Yeah, I mean, I think it is, I think it is ongoing because, I mean, there's, we're constantly being fed these images of, you know, white beauty standards. And so even as an adult, even after, you know, now I feel like I'm at a place where I really love and embrace my hair. I still have days where I let these white supremacist beauty standards crawl into my head and I wish that I looked like someone else, you know, so I'm constantly having to remind myself even at 27. And so, you know, for my sister, I imagine that there will be times when she also feels not beautiful, you know, in the future. And so I think it's something that we have to constantly reinforce and reinforce and reinforce in kids. One more thing about my sister's reaction to the book that I thought was really cute was that she wanted me to interview her about why she loves her natural hair now. And so it was like she wanted to become one of these women who had helped inspire her, you know, and now she wants to, or I interpreted it as, you know, she wants to really be part of this community of Black women embracing their natural hair and also part of this community that's uplifting one another. And I think that's one of the really beautiful things about our community and about our hair is that it connects us. And I'm still so grateful that there were 101 Black women, many of whom I didn't know before interviewing them and photographing them, who gave me their time, who took time out of their busy schedules to help me create this project for my little sister and, you know, by extension for all Black women who have ever felt less than beautiful in their bodies. So I guess I would just say that I'm really grateful for this sisterhood that we have. How did St. Clair find 101 Black women to photograph and interview? So I started by reaching out to my friends and, and people who I knew. And then I sort of went to acquaintances and my mom recruited a lot of her students for me because again, she teaches at an HBCU, a historically black college university. And I also, you know, there were, I'm kind of shy, but there were a couple people who I stopped on the street and I said, hey, I'm doing this book, can I photograph you for it? And then I also was able to find a lot of people through the natural hair hashtags on social media. Because I think, you know, there's obviously a really big natural hair community on Instagram, for example. And so I shot my shot with a lot of women and a lot of them, even though they didn't know me, even though they didn't know my sister, said yes to being a part of it. Wow, four-year process from beginning to end. That's, congratulations, congratulations. In fall 2023, St. Clair will release her second book. This one is a kid's board book called My Hair is Like the Sun. It's basically young Black kids, boys and girls, and how our hair naturally looks like these beautiful things in nature, like the sun, for example. What's a board book? 
It's a book with cardboard-like pages thick enough for kids to hold on to. St. Clair can't wait to share My Hair is Like the Sun with Chloe and her two other half-siblings who are also struggling. When I saw them last July, my little sister Zoe, um, the, the one who's six now, she said she thought her hair was ugly. And I was like, oh no, that's a whole that's a whole thing. And then my, my brother, who's 11 now, he was upset, I think, because, um, you know, he usually has, my stepmom usually cornrows his hair. And I heard him saying something about how he didn't like his hair unless it was cornrowed. And so I think these beauty standards for black boys and black girls, it just, it, it runs so deep. And so hopefully my book will be helpful for them too and hopefully the kids book that I'm making now because it has boys as well hopefully my brother will be able to see himself you know reflected in that too here's St. Clair's hair care routine she washes her hair every few days she conditions it every day and she usually brushes it out while the conditioner is in it St. Clair isn't a product junkie, so she doesn't have any brand recommendations. About once a year, St. Clair goes to the salon to get a trim. She usually wears her natural down in a high ponytail or bun. Any wigs, any weaves, any braids ever by you? Actually, yes, I did have a extension braids a couple times when I was a kid and the last time I got them done the woman braided my hair really tight with the with the extensions and a lot of my hair fell out and my mom said never again no wigs I did ask about dye yeah I've dyed my hair um blonde I've dyed it black I've I've dyed the ends of it purple I've dyed the ends of it blue so a little bit of dye but but actually, since creating this book, um, I haven't I haven't dyed my hair since then. I've just let the color be natural. See St. Clair's Hair Evolution on the Hair How I Grew It Instagram page at Keep It Nat. After our interview, I thought, why 101 women? Why didn't St. Clair stop at 100? So I sent her an email. Her response, quote, I was going to stop at 100, but then someone else wanted to be in the book. And I figured 101 had a nice ring to it. Smiling emoji, end quote. A final note. My beautiful black hair has a hair how I grew it contributor. Katura Bobo's review is on the inside cover. Katura is the New York Times best-selling illustrator of the children's book I Am Enough. She gave my beautiful black hair two thumbs up. Check out Hair How I Grew It episode 5 to hear Katura share her journey to her best natural hair life. Thanks, Delta Soror, Nichelle Smith, for recommending St. Clair for hair, how I grew it. I can't wait to share Nichelle's natural hair journey. And thank you for listening. 
I'm host and producer Drake Hill Burns. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. Follow Hair How I Grew It on Facebook and follow on Instagram at Keep It Net. Tweet me at Hair How I Grew It and tell me what you think of the show. Until next time, keep it natural. <laughs> <laughs>